Welcome back to The Talk, the podcast about Nordic entrepreneurship from Nordia Private Banking. Our quest to reach outer space has been one of our biggest technological challenges, and a ton of new tech has been invented to achieve this goal. But a lot of this technology could also be used here on Earth, and the new startup ISAC, International Space Asset Acceleration Company, is doing just that. Here's the CEO of ISAC, Matthias Hansen. You guys are bringing space technology to Earth. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And it's rocket science, but it's not rocket science. Meaning that uh, so many great brains, great people are working with uh, technology, materials, and all the stuff that is needed to to send people and machines and other stuff into space. But uh, at the same time, all that knowledge and all that information and all that research could be used down here. We have seen it many times, and with our help, hopefully we could see it even more times in the future. Yeah, which is a ton of resources, obviously getting pushed into materials maybe and electronics. Of course, we could use that anywhere else, right? So I think that it's the same idea as in um, in the military, and, and a, lot, a lot of our technology has been developed for military purposes, and um, and we use a lot of that today, like the internet. Correct. So uh, probably sending this show out into uh, the audience and out to the world use a lot of space technology and probably also a lot of, uh, you know, defense uh, research and uh, aerospace, air force. We, we probably will involve a satellite somewhere along the way. You probably use maybe, uh, for, uh, for sure, to get here to you in the studio, I used the, the GPS in my cell phone. And uh, obviously that has a background in uh, in uh, in defense and space uh, uh, research, so uh, pretty much all of us in the Western world use some kind of effects of these the the the, the space uh, research in our daily life. A very well known material example is the one of Gore-Tex. So uh, probably one of the you know. Uh, probably one of the most well-known fabrics as uh, of today. Uh, it was actually invented as one of the layers in a spacesuit. And, you know, somewhere along the way, someone found out that it should be good to keep the, the rain out and the wind out and uh, still, you know, let air in and, uh, and so forth. So now it's used in your kids' shoes and, uh, uh, and maybe you have in your skin ski pants and so forth. Is there something you have done yet as a project or, or are you, is it too early for that? Actually, right now we're in the process of helping. So we have a pretty straightforward process to, to do this. So we ask you as a company, if you have, uh, for example, any environmental challenges in your business plan or in your daily uh, work at your company, and usually everybody says yes on that one. And then we ask, uh, have you searched everywhere to find the solutions to those challenges? And most most people in companies says, yeah, probably, we hope so. And then we ask, but have you searched for the answers to your challenges 
in space? And, and on, on that question, most people say no. And then we say, hey, we can help you because we can connect your challenges here on Earth, usually, with solutions that is already a fact. And we can, um, we can get that information to you in a way that you can uh, put it into your business plan and into your everyday work. So that's actually a tech transfer or a material transfer or a knowledge transfer that we do using the huge amount of unused uh, and sometimes misused, but mostly unused space uh, research. You started this company with people that have worked a lot in space technology and have actually even been to space. Right. So this is actually an, an astronaut-founded company. We're proud to say that because in Sweden we have only one astronaut this far, uh, and his name is Christopher Fugelsang, and he's very well-known public figure here in in uh, in Sweden and in Scandinavia, and obviously also in the in the um, in the uh, space uh, circuit, and. Um, He's one of our co-founders, and uh, I also work with uh, uh, a wonderful lady named Cecilia Hertz, and she's been a space designer for 20-plus years now. So she has seen over the years um, this um, really useful way that, uh, that we can use space knowledge to really create value on Earth. So she's done a lot of projects with... Uh, with um, companies from all over uh, she she was involved in the in the creation of the the yogurt for uh, that is now sent to the uh, ISS space station created here on earth obviously uh, there's no cows in space yet as far as i know uh, so yeah no <laughs> but you know someday and Christoph Fugelsen has also told us that a thing that he has seen over the years he has had a long career in in uh, in, uh, in astronautics, and uh, a big frustration that he has uh, that he share, shares with many other astronauts is that all that beautiful knowledge, uh, all those smart people who spend so much time in creating those solutions for for space flights and uh, and activities in space. Uh, why don't we use them often and more to create a better life on Earth? Uh, it's a big frustration for him. And now with Isaac, he has the vehicle to, to, to make that transfer happen. So actually, Isaac means International Space Asset Acceleration Company. So Space Asset Acceleration, that's what we're working with. So one thing I, I, one thing I wonder about is this idea is very unique. I have never heard of anything like it really, um, possibly with the exception of Elon Musk, probably using a bunch of his space stuff in his cars. But so how does this idea come about? Are you sitting, are you kind of meeting this astronaut, astronaut in the bar and you start jamming, <laughs> jamming about stuff? Or what, how's, how's this come about? That's a great question because, you know, for many, many, many years, uh, uh, space, the space industry has been kind of, of a closed environment, right? You know, ordinary guys like us, we have talked about it uh, in terms of, wow, I can't do that. It's, it's like rocket science, right? And guys like Elon Musk 
and a lot of the other private entrepreneurs who has uh, entered the space uh, uh, industry over the last couple of years, they have kind of changed that and, sh- and show the rest of the world that you know space is a, is open source, uh, usually government funded. A lot of the information, a lot of the research are free and open to use. And uh, the privateers here has shown that uh, you know it's up for grabs. You can be involved. It isn't rocket science, even though it is. When I met uh, Christoph Fuglsang, the Swedish astronaut, and Cecilia Hertz, the Swedish space designer, at the World Fair, um, the World Exhibition in Dubai the other year, we decided to, you know, let's let's take this a step further. Let's be the the glue between what's already out there, what's up for grabs, and industries down on Earth who needs. Uh, you know, help to sharpen their business, to sharpen their environmental work and so forth. And here we are. And uh, I hope we're not alone for for long. I hope there will be a lot of more companies like ours because it is an amazing uh, source of, uh, of uh, knowledge that's out there and it could be used here. And I, you know, I strongly believe that... Uh, Space technology and the space research can help save this planet. So while exploring the final frontiers, so while doing that, we can also uh, uh, take all the knowledge that we have to put into that uh, very hard task to uh, create a better life down here for the best of humankind. Yeah, I mean, it's it seems to me like there's almost like a bigger idea here or even i mean space is big obviously but but the the idea of looking at what we have actually funded together and created and see if what how can we get better use use out of that for mm-hmm. everybody and and uh, um i guess there's a lot of stuff in the public domain that we have all funded exactly and and you know so much stuff uh that can be uh, that can be used. Some of it needs a lot of more research, a lot of more you know testing and so forth. But a lot of a lot of the stuff already um, uh, out there, you can you know pretty rapidly and pretty easy change it into businesses down here. Uh, that is usually very uh you know environmental friendly most of the stuff in space is are circular and so forth so you can really use it down here for 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 the benefit of all mankind yeah i guess what you're very i mean up there you're very limited with the energy you have access to you can't just dispose of things easily right so of course yeah that, that that makes a ton of sense when when what does this look like though in terms of rights? Who owns things and and can you use it freely or do you have to have the? Oh, it differs a lot, of course, but but uh, quite more uh, information than you could expect is free uh, or semi-free. <laughs> Obviously, usually you know the creators want to have their cut somewhere down the line, but uh, but it's pretty easy to access. Not for for everyone, but for for specialists like uh, me and my college, we can find the, we can get access to the information and we can transform it into uh, real needs on Earth. So let's say I have a problem here with my company. I want want something solved. What is the business model model here? Is it the consultancy? Do I have a membership with you guys, or how is it how is it set up? 
Oh, thank you for asking, because uh, you're completely right. <laughs> it's kind of a consultancy as of today, um, uh, moving into the tech sector with that, uh, with that uh, uh, service that we're now building that will, that will make it more effective. But you can also be a member because, you know, we, 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 we package this information uh, in a way uh, to make it more accessible for 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 uh, for a company down here on Earth. Uh, so, for example, we have one membership called Space for Agenda 2030. So that's a membership where a company or organization can be involved with uh, with space technology, and where we help them find the right solutions for them and for their. Uh, uh, their specific business or their specific questions to be answered. So being a member in Space for Agenda 2030, uh, obviously, as you hear in the name, is totally focusing on the environmental issues that each and every company has as of today. I've known you for a long time. And <laughs> you have. And I know that you are an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. This is how it is. Yes. I would imagine that it would be difficult for someone like you to see all these technologies and not be like, wait, that could be Gore-Tex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you you know, uh, one of the key indicators in, in the industry is how much do you have to pay to send one kilogram into space? The cost for sending one kilogram into space has for many years been around $10,000, and now it's down to $7,000 soon down to $5,000 and esteemed to be, you know, down at probably $500 a kilogram in just 10 years time. And when it's 500 uh, US dollars per kilogram uh, to send it into space, you know, you and I can go. Uh, I don't know if we want that, but uh, it, it makes a lot of sense to know that because uh, obviously the satellite industry, which is a booming extremely booming industry right now uh, um, will benefit from, from from this and many other parts of the space industry and also meaning the quality of life on earth will really 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 uh, benefit from the fact that it's cheaper to to go into orbit when i saw those figures and when i met with uh, uh, cecilia hertz and christoph Fuglesang, to space entrepreneurs, you know, since so many years, we decided that we want to be, we wanted to be in this race. And for me, not being in the space industry before, as you mentioned, yes, it, it, it was impossible to say no. You have to be there. It's such an, you know, thrilling thing to see uh, the indus an industry grow and also thrilling to see an industry that has been pretty closed it reminds me of you know many years ago when we met the when the internet uh, thing happened same thing has had been around for a while but uh, for very very few people usually people in, in universities and uh, th that kind of environment and uh, and suddenly uh, the internet became you know open and free and spread all over the world and and amazing things happened as we know I see the same thing in the space industry now. So, um, formerly a closed uh, business, uh, close the research environment, and very closed. <laughs> uh, and now it's uh, you know it um, has opened up, and it's in. It also invites people 
who is not originally from the space industry to be involved because there's also a very welcoming, warm sense in the space industry uh, that comes from the fact that the more we are in the room, the more people, the more smart people who's in the room, the better will the result be. So it's very unprotective in some ways. Yeah, I think that's true. That, it's, I think it's a great example with the internet. There's a, an amazing video you can watch uh, on YouTube. I can't remember the title. We can put it in the notes, but it's uh, I think it's like called the ultimate pitch or something. And they're pitching this. This guy is pitching the internet, mm. and he's showing like <laughs> video calls and everything else. Mm. And the internet at that point in time is four nodes. Oh. So there are four people on the internet, four computers on the internet mm. at that point. Mm. And he's still you know showing a bunch of stuff that we're using today. Today, yeah. 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 It's an amazing, amazing video. And I, I feel a little bit like, you know, space technology, that was, it feels like that that highlight, you know, the big times for that was yeah. when they, you know, the man on the moon and yeah. the 60s. And and uh, then it kind of went away right. for right. a while. You know, uh, there's there's many reasons for that. And, and uh, other people deny or better to explain why, but now it's back. <laughs> space is back. Yeah. That's for the long run. Here's a story for you. A few weeks ago, I visited the uh, NASA Jet Propulsion Center in Pasadena, outside Los Angeles. And uh, amazing things happen there. You know, you can imagine there. You know, they build the, the Perseverance rover. They build the Mars rovers there. They, you know, all machines that they sent uh, to space are actually uh, built there or created there or thought up there. The biggest experience that uh, we had visiting uh, Jet Propulsion Center is the sense that all people who works there, it started at the parking lot, actually, the parking guy, he had something in his eyes that says, I'm working with something very, very, very important. I make sure that the cars are placed in the right position at the parking lot at the NASA Jet Propulsion Center. And that's an important bit to make this whole thing work because everyone who works here, everyone who works in the, you know, in the blocks around the NASA Jet Propulsion Center are uh, providing uh, knowledge and intelligentsia to make that happen. Because everybody in the space industry knows that you have to be many. No one can do that alone. And uh, that's an amazing thing to see because when you put, when you put uh, many uh, uh, people in the room and you force them to do their very, very best. There's no, you know, it's not, there's no options. You have to do your very, very best. Amazing things happen. And uh, uh, you can learn a lot from that in all industries. So space industry don't only provide tech, materials, and uh, the stuff you usually think of when you, when you, when you give it a thought, what can space bring to Earth? They also had, in space, you can also find uh, probably the, you know, the best research being done to, for group management and to get people together and make people create the stuff and uh, innovation and uh, all those buzzwords that's so popular in, uh, in modern day uh, language in companies all over the world. Uh, some I can of imagine the, like the marriage marriage counseling could be a huge exactly getting along in the space station exactly and you know how to create effective teams 
do you think there's anyone who knows that better if you should put four persons in a you know in a small capsule and send them out into space and agent hr you know how do you find those four people you know you have to it has to be right people do they have to be how do you you know how do you source them from thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people probably hr has a lot of learn from there also and so it's actually cross sector everyone can learn something from here but someone has to you know as in all industries someone has to edit it and that's what we do so we can edit that information to make it useful here on earth yeah and that i mean yeah i guess that has been a big part of your background to edit things, make it you know, accessible and mention attractive. it. Actually, I haven't thought about it in that way, but you're pretty correct. So I started out as a you know as a magazine editor. Uh, so uh, yeah, you're right. So finding as a magazine editor or TV or radio editor or all the other editorial stuff I've been doing uh, uh, through my career, you always train yourself in picking the best. You know, you have a lot huge uh, sources of information but you can only you have to pick out the best or the most interesting or the or the most silly yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. little feisty detail yeah but, but for you have you always been interested in space when you was when you were a kid or no uh yes uh but actually you can probably ask almost any person in the world uh when the space lecture came on in your school, were you interested or did you fall asleep? Well, most people say there's an interesting thing there. And my dear colleague Cecilia says when she um, uh, visits schools, because she do that from time to time, uh, usually the, their teachers, the, the pupils' teacher, come up to her afterwards and ask her what her trick is to get, the, to get all the students so quiet and listening and so interested and she said you just have to talk to them about space <laughs> and then she had or maybe dinosaurs <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, I bet we can bring out some some ideas from there too but certainly i think that uh, since i was a kid i was it was it's always been intriguing and when i uh, i was an engineer and we studied we, we went into as you saw in the studio here, we had this book on satellite communication. Yeah. And I think that was a big carrot for me to really learn the math. Yeah. Because then you could calculate how to send out that rocket into space. Yeah. And all of a sudden there was something tangible and cool to use the math yeah. for. Yeah. And maybe that's one of the big things we can bring with us from space as well to, to inspire and bring back that dream and... Uh, obviously, the uh, the landing on the moon was one of those uh, magic moments where where humankind understand that we can do almost anything just if we just decide and if we just focus and if we we, we know you know if we do it together and and uh, if we can do that kind of stuff you know if you when you go to the Kennedy Space Center in Florida today and you see the old rocket stuff that's there today that has been uh, out there. You, you, you're thrilled of how analog it is, you know, <laughs> and how mechanical it is. Uh, and now we have all those, uh, all this new technology, and it will get even better for every day now. Obviously, we can do amazing things. And uh, uh, space has a big, um, 
job to continue to do there to keep up the dream. Not at least today when you see youngsters and kids and teenagers all over the world getting very skeptical about the future of the universe and humankind because of the environment uh, uh, issues. Um, we have to keep the faith up. We have to keep, you know, there's a promise, there's a future for us all. And uh, space is pretty good to, to throw into that game because uh, it shows us that anything is possible. Yeah, I, I always say that the, the job of the entrepreneur in society is to be the optimists of society. Exactly. Because otherwise you will not try because you don't think you'll succeed. Exactly. And I think we all need to keep trying and creating better things. So, Valto, you're, you're an entrepreneur yourself. I know that. And when you come up with an idea and you start work with a company or a, you know, a business idea or something, if you are not the positive one who think it will work, who will? Exactly. No, that's exactly. And that's exactly what I, why, I'm, why I keep saying that. that yeah. I think that most ideas and and I didn't come up with this but most of the breakthrough ideas are considered madness until they're yeah. done and successful. Yeah. And for that reason you have to believe in miracles. Yes. Basically and magic. Yeah. Yes. And if you don't believe in miracles and magic, well then you will not come up with crazy ideas that turned out to be feasible. Exactly. That's true. And if you if you find the right persons if you have that crazy idea, and I know you have a few, if you just bring the right people in the room that probably think differ, different than you and uh, uh, can, can view the problems and the possibilities also from other angles, then you can create, create something amazing. And, 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 and uh, uh, the space environment and the space industry is kind of the epicenter of that thinking because, you know... You can watch any documentary of uh, from a NASA project or you know from 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 space research. There's the tons of them out there, and all of them has one thing in common. It is that they usually start with an impossible problem, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it always ends with they solving it. Yeah, yeah. Or they are discovering that there was another problem that we actually had to solve. Exactly, and, then... and it you know it adds up to. Uh, to the knowledge we need to push this planet forward. Yeah. Well, we could uh, certainly do this for another <laughs> couple of hours, I believe, and uh, our, our time is running short. But uh, this is super intriguing. I am ex extremely excited that somebody somebody's doing this, and especially here in the Nordics. So kudos to you, and uh, looking forward to see what you find up there. Thank you. See you out there. <laughs>